The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss spirit podcast with Ben Garrett and David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Bill on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. Today's guest on Talk of Champions is John Gaddis, the oldest baseball transfer pitcher. Almost fall ball is happening right now, as is almost football, of course, with Tennessee coming up this weekend. David, what's going on, man? Well, there's a there's a lot going on right now. That much is for sure. You're right, the Rebels have a big game Saturday night in Knoxville. Uh kind of a coming home party for Lane Kiffin, if you will. Of course, we all know he had one uh, rather tumult- uh, r- rather decent season at Tennessee that ended tumultuously. Uh, he talked a little bit about that, Lane did, at his Monday press conference, uh, but but really didn't get into a lot of details. Spoke very kindly of Knoxville and the people of Knoxville, and uh, but did say this is a business trip. He won't have time to uh, – reignite old acquaintances up there on Rocky top. But uh, one thing is for sure, Tennessee's playing good football and uh, the stadium's going to be full Saturday night, Ben. And there are going to be a lot of people uh, wanting to reacquaint with Lane Kiffin dressed in orange and white. But it was so long ago. 12 years ago, 12 years ago. But, uh, you know, football fans are like elephants. They have long memories, right? I do, Very long memories. After Alabama week and the buildup to that and the Lane Kiffin popcorn stuff, I feel like this is the right time to play Tennessee because what would otherwise be a circus buildup to this game, it's not going to be the same kind of thing. I just don't see it. Well, it may it, it may be on, on the Tennessee side. It's not on the Ole Miss side. Ole Miss fans aren't concerned with that. Um, really has no bearing on them at all about Lane coming back to play the Volunteers. And as he mentioned, he's done it numerous times before. Right. He played Tennessee every year as the OC at Alabama. 
I mean, so it's no big deal to him either. There will be some longtime Tennessee fans up there uh, that, uh, you know, may have this game circled on their calendar, but good for them. I mean, it's not going to have any bearing on the game whatsoever. Uh, we're not planning on writing about that angle this week. I can tell you that unless something, <laughs> you know, erupts, which we all know things kind of erupt every now and then. But, uh, you know, I, I'm excited for this game. I think this game uh, has all of the potential to be as thrilling as the Arkansas game last week. Um, so, you know, it's uh, still a good week to be a, be an Ole Miss Rebel, man. The Rebels are winning all over the place. Uh, you know, I, I got to say this. I mean, I talked with Matt Mott yesterday, the soccer coach at Ole Miss. You know, those girls are kicking butt. They have the number four RPI ranking in America. That's Can't cool. break into this political top 25 BS soccer poll <laughs> for whatever reason. But, uh, you know, we shouldn't be surprised at their number four RPI ranking. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, this is a team that went to the yeah. – What's political about that poll? Well, you tell me how Ole Miss is not in that poll, okay? Well, if we're going to drop Matt a conspiracy theory, I just want to know, you know. If, yeah, if top something... four soccer poll. Ole Miss is 10-2-2. Right. Two and two. They play in the SEC. They are a team that went to the Sweet 16 last year and returned everybody. Mm-hmm. They had the nation's number four RPI ranking. They're the only team in America inside the top 15 in RPI that hasn't broken in to the top 25 soccer poll. So, okay. uh, yeah, I All mean, right. I, uh, Matt Mott said himself, my girls think it's a conspiracy. You brought receipts. That is what he said. Mike. You brought receipts. Yeah. That's all I was asking for. I wanted yeah. you to present the there receipts, and you did. So I mean, I, I mean, yeah, okay. Let's just look at it like in basketball. If if a team had went to the Sweet Sixteen the year before, returned everybody, <laughs> had had knocked off the number five team in the country, the number nineteen team in the country, they'd be had ranked. The nation's they'd number four RPI. They'd be ranked. They'd be ranked. They'd be ranked. There you go. Okay. There you go. All right. But, you know, I, I think, you know, sometimes there are weird people involved in soccer. <laughs> I'm just saying some of those referees strike me as odd. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, not the players or anything like that. Just, uh, you know, but this is just from a, a guy that grew up in the South that didn't grow up uh, around the soccer culture. So strikes me, something strike me as odd. What did we learn Monday at the Manning Center? You know, that uh, defense is the issue, right? I mean, that's the problem. And, you know, someone asked Lane, he said, you know, you know what about swapping from the 3-2-6? And I thought Lane had a really crafty and very pointed response. He was like, what do you want to see, a 4-2-5? I mean, you saw that last year. We couldn't do that either. You know, <laughs> and he was right. He's absolutely right. I mean, and you can't switch from a 3-2-6 just you know middle of the year willy-nilly you can't do that you've been teaching principles for so long now you know it'd be like changing offenses in the middle of the year it's kind of the same dead gum thing and the issue yeah there may be some schematics there that don't match up with teams that are able to run the football but you know most of the teams you play are going to be in the spread And, and and again if you go back and watch this game, how much of it is scheme really, and how much of it is it tackling? I mean, you know, the Rebels could not tackle KJ Jefferson on Saturday. They couldn't tackle a lot of guys on Saturday. 
That was their worst tackling game of the year. It was bad. It was bad. And I think if you shore the tackling up and they're working on doing that this week, you're going to get a better effort. And, uh, and, and again, you know, this era of college football, you know, mostly, then I, I want to emphasize mostly dominant defenses are just not on the field anymore. This is an offensive game. And I, yeah, I know all about the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, but um you know, that's that's going to be the, the factor of success Saturday night in Knoxville. I think Ole Miss is going to score points. It's just a matter of whether or not the Ole Miss defense can get enough stops against a really good Tennessee offense to come out on top. I mean, that's it's as simple as that. It's not going to matter the Lane Kiffin factor at Tennessee, not going to matter. None of that. All that's just bunk and junk. You know, it comes down, can we tackle guys in orange jerseys Saturday night? I'll be honest. I haven't watched a single snap of Tennessee all year. So for somebody like me, and I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone because there are probably a bunch of Ole Miss fans out there that just watch Ole Miss games or maybe watch the SEC game of the week but don't really pay attention to every single team. So if there's another person out there mm-hmm. like me and you've watched Tennessee and you talk to Lane and all those guys and they tell you what to expect from Tennessee, what is the breakdown? What is Ole Miss walking into on Saturday? Yeah, you're walking into an offense that's very similar to yours. Um, you know, Josh Heupel, Jeff Levy together at UCF once upon a time. And, um, you know, Tennessee is going to employ a lot of the principles of tempo. Uh, they're they're going to try to punch you in the gut, and then they're going to swing it out to the edges and, uh, and then try to beat you over the top. I mean, it's almost a mirror image. Each offense has their own little tweaks and things that have been added since those old UCF days for these two guys. But, uh, but it, it's, it, it's almost like you're going to be looking at yourself in the mirror, not from a talent standpoint. I think Ole Miss has more talent on the offensive side of the ball, but uh, I think that's what you're looking at up there. All right. Well, Ole Miss is three point favorites on the road, which seems about right. Yeah. Three, three point favorites on the road, which means, uh, you know, if this game were in Oxford, Ole Miss would probably be a touchdown favorite. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be close. I just want to see what Ole Miss does defensively, if anything. Any kind of adjustments well, they make. Speaking of elephants <laughs> and elephants in the room. Well, you can probably tell um, my, my demeanor right now and how it's been all morning. Well, yeah. since probably midday yesterday. I don't know. I'm a. I talk to you about this a lot. And I talk to Chuck about this a lot. And I talk to Yancey about this a lot. I've done a good job, I think, lately. I used to be a really bad hothead. And I couldn't control my anger, my emotions about stuff. And a lot of it had to do with the mental health stuff that I deal with. And I'm not shy about that at all. Anybody who's listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know this better than anybody. Depression, anxiety, panic attacks, you name it. I'm not ashamed of it. It's just what I've dealt with for my entire life. And the depression really came to a head last fall, last October. And I'm not going to get into that too much. But point is, is I've had to learn through medication, some therapy, leaning on family and friends like yourself, Yancey, Chuck, how to deal with it and how to compartmentalize and not allow it to overtake me. And Chase Parham helped me with that. Nick Suss helped me with that. Yesterday, all that work fell apart. And the best I could do was get away from it. So last night at about 9 p.m., 
me and my dad went and watched Venom in Tupelo, the only people in the theater. And for about two hours, my brain was shut off and I watched this and then I left and immediately it all came rushing back and thought about it all last night as I'm trying to sleep, got up this morning, got on the treadmill, trying not to be a fat ass and still it was on my brain. And then you and I sat down to talk on the podcast and it's still there. I mean, it's all still there. I can't get rid of the anger. And something that I need to make very clear here, I've been working or having a relationship with Yancey in some capacity for 13 years, going on 14 actually. And Yancey's a friend of mine. And with all that mental health stuff, he was there for me. He checked in on me, especially last fall when all that stuff came to a head. Just randomly, I'd get calls or texts from Yancey just checking in and stuff. So I got so much love for the guy personally. That's why the professional aspect of it, there's a conflict for me. Because I have not been shy also about how this stuff pisses me off, really makes me angry. And that's what I can't control. Because when I think about it, this doesn't happen to anyone else. And everything I'm about to say, I would say to Yancey, have said to Yancey countless times before. And he's gotten mad at me and he's told me to screw off. And we've had fights, knock down, drag out fights, not physically, but verbally. And we've said some things, but we always come back to the place of, I love the guy personally, professionally, I am burnt out on it. And yesterday, I know a lot of people were saying that I spoke out of turn or I shouldn't have said this, shouldn't have said that. What else am I supposed to say? Because whether or not it's true or not. If we, give the, if we give Yancey the benefit of the doubt or not, the damage has been done. And anytime an instance like this happens, it splashes back on me, on you, on Chuck, on the site. And the Ole Miss spirit's credibility unfairly is hurt. It's guilty by association. So my problem was this. Yancey first says, I spoke with Devin Brown. That's what he wrote. Then Devin Brown busts him out. He says, wait, no, I got it from Stringer. All I want to know is, who's the Stringer? And we know that name now, you and I do. Let me talk to him, mm-hmm. this supposed Stringer, who I believe is hanging out with Manny Teo's girlfriend. Let me speak with Yancey. Let me speak with Devin Brown. I want to speak with all parties involved. Because the worst thing that can happen in this business, and the worst thing that can happen when what we do especially in this environment now is to be branded as fake news or whatever to be branded as no credibility. And all I want to do, and this is hard for a lot of people to believe David, all I want to do is my job and go home. There really is no agenda with me. And some people will scoff at that. Oh, bull, Ben bull. I know you, I promise you. I have a very low opinion of myself. So when I go to work, I just try to do the best I can for y'all. Do this good, do this podcast as best I can, write, cover the teams, and then go home and try to be good to my kids and good to my wife. And because as far as mental health goes, I have to, I have to simplify it. Because if I don't, I'm going to lose it. And I lost it yesterday and I'm still mad. I'm still mad, and I work too hard to try to control that stuff to have to eat this shit today and eat it, and this is not the first time I would give Yancey the benefit of the doubt, 
And I didn't talk to him yesterday because I didn't want to talk to him yesterday. But I would give him the benefit of the doubt if this was the first time. But I think back to Peyton Barber in 2010. Mm -hmm. I think back to um, Sean Robinson in that situation with basketball. And that's just two examples. And well, it can, when it continues to happen, at some point, I, I got to stop because I'm just getting mad again. We'll get right back to David Johnson with John Gaddis, Ole Miss transfer pitcher coming up on the Modern Women phone line after we hear from Alan Samuels, Chrysler Dodge, Jeep Ram of Oxford, and others that sponsor this podcast. Talk of champions. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. Well, when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season. And concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
we are we are a family at the Ole Miss Spirit. We all, all four of us look upon it like that. I, I I've got to be careful because my standing is a little bit different than y'all's. I mean, you, know, you guys work for Chuck, and I, I work directly for Twenty Four Seven Sports. Um, so you know, Yancey's you know, repercussions for this, not, they're not in my hands. Um, and then I, I, you know, I have no bearing on that whatsoever. Well, that's a good point because um, yesterday on Twitter, on the message board, people were coming at me and you and saying, Hey, fire yeah, Yancey, yeah. do something to Yancey. I have no control over that. I have no control over that. Chuck is my boss. Chuck cuts my checks. Yeah. And, and like I said, I mean, you know, I can only I, be I frustrated. Yes. And 24 yeah. seven. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a tough deal uh, for everybody. It's not it's though. Been very difficult for Yancey. Um, and I look, I, I I'm itching to defend Yancey on this. I've seen some posts asking, you know, where's Ben? Where's David? Um, I'm right here. I, I would love. I never. I want to defend. I want to defend Yancey, but you know, right now I just can't. Um, you know, I, I don't know the facts. And, um, you know, um, I, I think uh, Chuck is making a very earnest and honest effort uh, to collect these facts over the course of the next few days. And I hope it vindicates Yancey. But, uh, you know, and, until it does professionally, no matter what my personal feelings are, I can't tie myself to this in defense of something when I don't know the facts. And, um, you know, and that's the same spot you were in. I know you would defend this uh, situation in a I heartbeat wouldn't. if you could. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't. You know, I had numerous me- other members of the media call me yesterday after this. And as Ben said, we know the name of the alleged stringer. The, the, when one of the issues is that we don't know this person. And this is what I know. Heard of this person. And this is what I know. I've worked with them in some capacity for 13, going on 14 years. And not one time in those 13 or 14 years has he ever used a stringer, ever. When he needed help, he'd call me. Then I quit doing recruiting once we merged and you and him tag team recruiting. He's never used a stringer before. So it's it's really hard for me. It defies reality to me to believe that he did that. So let me talk to him. I want to know this person. Because I know the details of where they were putting the recruits on Saturday and how all this stuff works. And the idea that Yancey would pay somebody to help him do that with the most important recruit on campus this weekend just defies any and all comprehension for me. It really does because Yancey just does recruiting. Why would Yancey leave it in the hands of just some random person, the most important recruit this weekend, when his number one job this weekend was to talk to Devin Brown? So it's just it's really hard to give him the benefit of the doubt when this isn't the first time. And I want to make something crystal clear to people. Am I angry? Absolutely. I'm pissed off. I'm I'm pissed off. But I have well, nothing it, but it love damages, for Yancey. I love Yancey. It damages. Yeah. No matter what's true and what's not true, it, it it's a situation that that damages our site credibility. Yeah. Um, Kills you know, it. We all make mistakes. And when you're working in the media, just from a personality standpoint, you, me, Yancey, Chuck, Neil McCready, Chase Parham, Nick Suss, everybody on this feed, 
has people that love them and hate them just because of their personalities, not because of what anybody has done, period. Um, but, you know, the the one thing you don't want is your credibility under attack. And uh, and we're, we're not putting our heads in the sand right now. We know it is. And, uh, and that's why I'm angry, David. That's why I'm angry. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, and I, I want to stress, and by the time this podcast is put up, this may already have happened, but everybody's been asking, where's Chuck on this? Well, Chuck's internet's been out for one thing, <laughs> so he hasn't been able to to address this yet, but he is issuing a statement at some point today. I'm not laughing Tuesday. about the statement or anything like that. It's just Chuck yeah. not having his internet, Chuck's internet out. is the most yeah, perfect. It's true, though. Oh, God. It's been out since Saturday. It has. Um, but anyway. It's um, just perfect. You know, so, so, so Chuck as the proprietor of the Ole Miss spirit is going to, he's going to address this. Um, at some point today, I can tell you, as we're recording, AT&T's at his office right now trying <laughs> to fix this stuff. So uh, <laughs> that, I know that, sorry. that sounds funny. But I'm trying true. not to laugh. It's just, it's the perfect yeah. Chuck thing. Uh. Yeah. And, um, you know, and we'll, we'll, we'll move on. And, uh, I don't know if I will, David. I don't know if I will. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I don't know. We've had these conversations. Well, I mean, if we're going to be honest about it, if we're going to be open and candid about it, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get over this one. Because this one, this is what happens now. This is not 2010, like with Peyton Barber, and it kind of just fades away with time. In 2021, the internet doesn't forget. It doesn't. And... When I see a subreddit for college football, Reddit or whatever, jump all over it. When I see Saturday Down South, when I see national beat reporters, when I see Barstool or whoever with these massive audiences, these um, very particular audiences jump all over it. It just, it'll live forever and you'll be branded a certain way forever. My son, my son calls me yesterday. And he had been in the weight room out at New Mexico State, 1,200 miles away in Las Cruces. And one of the GAs in there comes up to him and says, man, your dad's gotten in trouble about some recruiting stuff. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And, you know, and that's the association factor with yeah. this thing. Oh, Tim and Elko texted me I, yesterday. Tim Elko saying, hey, what's going on here? It's a yeah. baseball player. It's a baseball player. And, and I'm going to say this. Every meaningful Ole Miss person that I talked to reached out yesterday about it. It's a problem. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I don't want people to conflate my feelings towards Yancey personally with my feelings toward him professionally. My feelings toward him professionally are completely different. And that's why I try to lead in with this, explaining that I cannot be more thankful or have enough love for Yancey for what he's done for me personally and being a friend to me especially in the worst of times, in the worst of times. And he's actually been really helpful as far as advice and stuff like that, that I was dealing with in my personal life, especially with depression. And I love him for that. But I can separate personal and professional. And from a professional standpoint, this is not the first instance. It's just not. And for Yancey to say that, and and listen, I know a lot of people are going to go, well, you should just talk to Yancey. You should just talk to Yancey. I have talked to Yancey. I used to ghostwrite for Yancey. 
I would pre-write his recruiting stories before he went and talked to recruits so he could put quotes in it because I just didn't want all those grammatical errors because the way I view it is this. Our business and our sites, what differentiates us from all the other sites and just different publications that are flooding the space is our recruiting. So if you do that poorly or if you're braided in a certain way, it's impossible to overcome that. It just is. So I've had all these conversations with him, and there have been problems like this before because I worked with a worked in a deep personal way with Yancey in regards to his his own work and what he was putting up. I was ghostwriting for him, helping him with stuff like with Austin Golson, for example, and a number of other prospects because I wanted it to be as good as possible because recruiting is what matters, what drives these sites. We can talk about the message board. We can talk about team coverage and everything like that. At the end of the day, what drives these sites is recruiting. It's the unique thing that separates us from everybody else. So when it's done poorly or you get branded in a certain way, it's impossible in 2021 to overcome that compared to years before. The internet doesn't forget anymore. And it becomes this big national story, no matter what happens. And you made a really good point when we were talking yesterday. If this kid who's committed to Southern Cal from California, if he just sticks with his commitment or goes somewhere else, it doesn't matter about anything else. Yancey will be blamed for it. Because that's how narratives are built now. Is it fair? No, it's well, not the, fair. The, the, the Ole Miss spirit will be blamed for the, it. The spirit, yeah. And there'll we'll get be those yeah. out there pushing that narrative to their advantage. As they um, should. And uh, Yeah, I mean, I mean, we have to own this. I mean, I, my phone just went off. Uh, I just got a text from a friend of mine who is a New York Times bestselling author. who lives in Nashville. I'm not going to identify him beyond that. Who is also a member of the Ole Miss spirit. And the first sentence was, David, I am so sorry you guys are having to go through this. I mean, I mean that just kind of emphasizes, you know, what this is. But I want to say this. This is what we do. It's not who we are. And if there's any person right now that is, is sorry this happened and is struggling and is hurting, it's Yancey. And, um, you Which know, is great. we're and all that's, human beings. Yeah, and I love him as a human being. But, again, this is not the first time for me. So that's why I'm being really harsh about it. And I apologize for those people that's going to be turned off by my feelings about it. But it's really hard for me right now. It really is for me to just separate. Well, I think if nothing else on this podcast, it is important for us to be honest with our listeners and our readers. Um, especially, you know, after a day like yesterday. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I do not talk to a recruit in which I do not have an audio recording. Same. Period. Um, you know, I, that's just the bottom line. So if anybody were to ever say, I did not say that I've got the audio that I can put it up. And I mean, that needs to be a, a principle for everyone. That's basic. Forward. It needs to be on tape. That's basic, man. Yeah. That's basic, basic journalism. Stuff. Now listen, what we do is not journalism. I'll, I'll stand by and die on that hill all day. What we do is not journalism. We don't write for the New York times. What we do is cover sports. This is not serious stuff. However, there are some journalistic standards to this stuff. And if I were an editor for the Washington Post or the New York Times or the Los Angeles Times, whatever, if I was an editor and a quote was misrepresented, like, for example, there's a, um, a writer that won a Pulitzer for the New York Times years ago and had fabricated quotes, was fired, got his Pulitzer revoked. So there are consequences for this stuff. While what we do is not journalism, there is still some basic journalistic characteristics that we have to follow 
basic standards that we have to follow. And the number one most basic standard is don't make shit up. So do I think Yancey made it up? I have no idea. I have a feeling or I have a uh, leaning of where I think this went and how this happened. Do I believe he used a stringer? No, no. But that's why talking to the parties involved and figuring out exactly what happened, that's what matters to me because I know what's happened before. So comparing it to before, yeah, yeah. So comparing to what happened before, I tend to lean one specific way, which has led to me being so angry. Okay. Now, if by talking to the parties involved and using it as an isolated incident, if discovering the truth leads to a different place, then I'll say, good, I'm glad that it went there because this is my personal feelings toward Yancey and I love him to death and I want the best. But I'm really angry because it splashed back on me, on you, and this is a real life thing. And that's what people don't understand. Or some that are going to say, well, Ben, you did this, you did that. Okay, if you want to be mad at me, that's perfectly fine. Because I don't believe that, I mean, I know, I'm not so vain as to think that everybody likes me. I know a lot of people don't, and that's totally fine. Like, well, I, I'm a, and, and, I can be unlikable, but my look, point is boots, this, though. Our, Go ahead. Our boots are on the ground. Our boots are on the ground here. My boots are on the ground. Yours are. Chuck's are. And, yeah, it's splashed all over us. Um, you know, but, but here's the real reality of this is it's splashed all over 24-7 sports and CBS. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and that is the honest to goodness truth. And, uh, you know, that's part of what we're dealing with here. Um, and, um, it's uncomfortable for everyone, for all of us. And, uh, you know, but, you know, Chuck has an outstanding reputation, uh, in this business. You all know Chuck, Chuck is going to, uh, Chuck's going to do the right thing and he's going to be fair and he's going to be balanced about whatever that is. Um, I, that much I have confidence in. I mean, I talked to Chuck earlier this morning and, you know, he told me, he said, I didn't sleep 20 minutes last night. He is, uh, he is, he is deeply concerned. And I only say that because there have been some posts asking about Chuck's absence from this. And we've already explained that, but, um, you know, just an unfortunate incident. We thank you all who are listening to us and who read our stuff and honest to goodness, we, we try to do the best job that we possibly can. And we will continue to do that. Um, and uh, that's really about all I have to say about it, uh, really and truly. Um, you know, and, um, you know, wish everyone the best moving forward. Um, and we'll, we'll just see. Okay. Well, this is the last thing I'll say about it. I know there could be a lot of people that are pissed off at me. But remember, I didn't do any of this. Okay. And I had so many people saying, Ben, I need to hear from you. Ben, you have to answer this, which is unfair to me. I didn't do anything. But if you want to really hear from me, if you want to know what I think, this is what I think. This is what I think. And if you don't like it, that's perfectly fine. Because, again, I am not so vain as to think everybody likes me. Actually, I know there are a lot of people that think I suck. And they're probably right on because I suck. You know, there are a lot of things that I'm terrible at or that I screw up. Because we do all make mistakes, but I don't make that kind of mistake. I don't make that kind of mistake. That's the one thing I, I would never even th – this doesn't happen with anybody else. And I've told Yancey that, and there's always an excuse. And I tend to want to believe him because I love him to death personally. But professionally, the track record is not good in this respect.
So there are going to be people that say, oh, Ben, you went hard on Yancey. Trust me. Me and Yancey have had many a conversation in our 14 years together. And many times, it's been knocked down, drag out verbal fights. We've said some things that we regret. And at the end of it, we both tell each other, love you, man. Do anything for you. And that still holds true. Would do anything for him. Personally. Professionally, this has real-life consequences. It does. And I told this to you. I told this to Chuck. I'm 35 years old. People still think that, oh, Ben's the young buck. Ben's the over-emotional young millennial that'll just come on and, and overreact to things and not take things seriously, or maybe he'll just uh, jump one way or the other. You know, Keith got pissed when I said some shit about the softball program, and he was right. And, and I let him bust me out on it on the podcast. Like, tell the people why I screwed up. I own it. When I screw up, I own it. I'll tell you I screwed up because I'm, I'm not infallible. I know I'm a screw up. All of us are. But this is a screw up that has real life consequences, not just for Yancey, but for me and for you and for Chuck and for the site itself. And if there aren't or if the truth doesn't come out and there aren't uh, ramifications from it that can either clear Yancey or can at least reestablish credibility for what we do because we work too hard for our credibility to be hit like this, then we're doomed. We're doomed. So while Chuck's 67 and you're 50 and Yancey's 50 and we've got this like this group that's going to be with us no matter what, I'm thinking about the long-term future of the site, the site that, I, that gave me my entire life. Like Chuck is like a second dad to me. He gave me my life. I was making 1200 bucks a month when I was hired back in 2008. 1200 bucks a month. And have turned it into a great paying job that has allowed my wife and kids to live happily in a nice house and nice everything. Everything's great. My life is great. I'm so blessed and thankful for this opportunity. But it also has made me incredibly um, I, I, defensive. And I want to be, I want to safeguard this side. You're making me feel like Dr. Phil here. Well, I just, but, but that's where I'm at though. Cause it's different because you merged, we, we merged, right? Well, this is like, I've, I felt like I'm the, like the uh, vanguard for the Ole Miss spirit, spirit for so long. Like I've, I've always had to be the one that tried to make sure that what Chuck built for 20 something years is protected, that it's not tarnished in any real way. So it, it affects me on a very deep personal level. And that's why I can't get over it. And so I'm sorry, this is kind of like a Dr. Phil or uh, talk to Ruth, whatever that was. Yeah. 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 But this is how I feel. If you really want to know how I feel, this is how I feel. So I, I'm take I take this very personally and it's still bothering me. And I don't know how I'm going to get over it until we know the absolute truth. And that's all I want to know. I want to know the truth and whatever the truth is, good or bad resolution that then it can be safeguarded. The old spirit moving forward. Cause this is something I, that I can stain you. Jack a line here. All right. One of my favorite movies. You got to tell me to shut you up. You can't man. handle the truth. <laughs> I can handle it. Go ahead. No, I but throw it in. I love Jack Nicholson. I'm glad. Glad to hear that. But I'm sorry for ranting and raving. I apologize, but I'm not going to talk about this anymore because what we do is cover Ole Miss sports. I'm, I'm not happy that Tennessee week after Ole Miss is four and one and wins in thrilling fashion against Arkansas on Saturday. That our second show of the week, we spend the whole time talking about this. We are not the story. Well, it's not how it's supposed to be. This is relevant to Ole Miss sports right now. Um, you know, and, and again, we couldn't come together this morning and do a daily podcast and not address this. 
I mean, to be honest with you, line. this was David's idea. David was like, we have to address it. I, I wasn't comfortable with yeah, it. Absolutely. I, and I'm glad you did. I wasn't comfortable with it because, frankly, I didn't know what the hell I was going to say. And I feel like I've said too much. And I apologize to those that this is going to turn off. But now you know. Now you know at least. Because I try to be an open book, flawed as I am and dumb as I am, having such a low opinion of myself. I try to be an open book about this stuff. And this one is well, really, really pissed me this. off. It's one of the, really one of the reasons that I, I told you, hey, we have to talk about this, is that in this situation, you know, silence can be equated to complicity. And, um, you know, the bottom line is, uh, you know, you've got nothing to hide. Uh, I've got nothing to hide in this situation. We That's all have right. things we, we want to hide. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I mean, if we had gotten on here and pretended this was not going on right now, uh, it would it would be kind of charlatan like. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, we, we the bottom line is this: after I don't even know if I've made any kind of point here, but the bottom line is this: Yancey's his own man. He is not Ben Garrett. He's not David Johnson. He is not the old Miss Spirit rolled into one. He's Yancey. He has to account for his own actions. He has to take responsibilities for his own situation. I hope for the best outcome possible because I love Yancey Porter to death as a person. Professionally, I've yeah. been frustrated as hell so many times that it's kind of boiled over to a point where when this happened, I mean, you saw me yesterday. Me and David went to talk to Chuck, and you know, Chuck's used to saying, "Oh, Ben, you're doing your thing," you know, where you get worked up, and and he's he's right. I mean, I, I get mad, and when I get mad, it's uncontrollable. Um, I have to take a walk, and even when I take a walk, it doesn't work. I tried to take a walk, and I just ended up doing the same stuff I always do. I don't want people to think that oh, this is just emotional Ben overreacting, the hothead, the redheaded, hot-headed idiot. Um, that's not the intent here. I am upset, and I don't know how I'm going to get over this one until we know the absolute truth. Just tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. Do I believe that he used a stringer? I find that very, very hard to believe. So until we talk to the parties involved, Yancey, the kid, if he wants to talk to us at this point, and this supposed stringer, and get all sides of it and come to the conclusion of what happened, this is how I'm going to be. I'm not going to talk about it on another podcast. We'll just wait to see what the resolution is. But I went to bed thinking it's good. It's good that I didn't talk about this tonight. It's good that I didn't talk about this today. And I woke up this morning saying, okay, it'll be refreshed and you'll be calmed down. And I wasn't. I wasn't. And I'm not. And I don't know how to get to that place. And if anybody can help me with that, I'm all ears because the medication ain't helping. The anxiety medication ain't helping. Meditation didn't help. The treadmill didn't help. So any suggestions would be great. I don't know how to get over this one. This one's yeah. really gotten to me. You know, well, the first thing is talking about it. And I think we've done that this morning. And, uh, you know, um, you know, I, I hope uh, nobody listens to this and goes, man, they really unloaded. That's, uh, not, that's not what I'm intent, saying. Not yeah, the that's purpose, not the but purpose. You know, by association, Ben and I own this too, and and and, and it's ours to talk about by association because it affects you know, us. Some of the criticism is aimed at aimed not not at just a person, but at, at the collective group, and um, we have every right to uh, to discuss it, and um, that's we what we did to. here this morning. You're right. We had to do it. We had to talk about it. Nothing more. Nothing less. And yeah. um, you know. Uh, Anyway, Ben, I think that'll order about. Yeah, wraps it up. 
I have no clue if anything I said led to any coherent point or any coherent um, place in any way. But, you know. Well, the bottom line is they needed to hear from you, okay? (laughs) All right. Everybody needed to hear from us, and we we did. Sorry. Hey, if you haven't already subscribed, rate, review, talk of champions in iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. Just make sure it's five stars. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Got John Gaddis, Ole Miss transfer pitcher, coming up here in just a minute. Before we jump to him, since all we've talked about is this stuff, give me three things to watch for in Ole Miss football this week, things you're going to be paying attention to in the lead-up to Tennessee. Yeah, number one, the Ole Miss defense, obviously. Uh, can they stop Tennessee? Uh, that's that's going to be the key to the game. Uh, you know, are they going to tackle better? Is this going to be a shootout? Secondly, Matt Corral's march to the Heisman Trophy. I still think that's on. Uh, you know, th- this guy's playing perfectly this year. And, uh, you know, just want to keep keep watching Matt do his thing. Uh, you know, number three is who's on the field and who's not. Do we get Jake Springer back this week finally for that defense? That Lane Kiffin has admitted here in the last couple of days is the key to that defense. What he's able to do from that rover-type position, incredibly important. They've been missing it since the first game against Louisville. So those are the things uh, that I, right now at this point of the week, I would say are key. Now, of course, we'll be chasing down all kind of rumors later on this week uh, that uh, <clears throat> get posted up on message boards all across uh, Rebel Nation. <laughs> and um, that's always fun. I spent my Friday chasing down a Ben Brown rumor. And, um, you know, we chased down Jerry Ely rumors. DJ Durkin. So DJ Durkin on Sunday. Um, you know, there was at one point I think it was uh, rumored out there that that uh, you know, Lane had just uh just just beat the shit out of DJ. And that wasn't <laughs> true. You know, I mean there's just so many laughable things. Hey, sorry for the bad language on this podcast today, by the way. I think I said a few bad words. I didn't mean to. I think I said like three or four of them. That was my fault. Hey, if they're in Webster's, they're okay to go. Oh, okay, okay. Are all the cuss words in Webster's? I think, I think they're so. Are they? I don't think all of them are. I don't think all of them are. <laughs> okay. I mean, you, right. you can get creative with cuss words. Oh, but, okay. uh, or, or curse words. Are they cuss words or curse in words? In the South, they're cuss words. Or they're cuss, cuss words. words. That's, cuss that's words. right. Yeah. I do well, think there's a little bit of done, something as far as DJ Durkin and Lane Kiffin not being happy with each other. I do think there's a little something there. Oh, yeah, think, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Listen, there, there was uh, – there was, um, you know, butt goons after the Arkansas game. Uh, there were staff meetings after the Arkansas game that, uh, as I understand, included butt chewings. The head ball coach, not very happy with what he's seeing on the defensive side of the football. Um, you know, that's not a rumor. That, yeah. that, that's good to go. And don't Let's forget. Information there. Don't forget. This is the same head coach that fired his offensive line coach after spring practices. And I'm not saying that DJ Durkin is going to be fired at any point or anytime soon or anything like that. But this is a coach that if he decides it's done, it doesn't matter about the timing. He'll do what he yeah, feels like I don't he's got to do. The season matters to Lane. I mean, That's right. Lane's been fired, what, three games into a season? Uh, <laughs> he's left a program before the season was over. Yes. I mean, so, yes. Uh, yeah, been fired before, a, or, or, or not fired, but let go before getting the call in national championship game. Well, letting uh, go and firing is kind of the same thing. It's one of those things where 
Um, you, you walk into the CEO's office or the boss's office and they say, okay, you can either resign or this is what's going to happen. It felt like that with Alabama. We'll give you the opportunity to well, just go or you're going to be fired. Well, he had already taken the FAU job though. So, you know, that's how it is. But anyway, um, so anyway, I don't think he looks at a calendar and go, Oh, it's firing. <laughs> yeah. It's firing. <laughs> it's hiring and firing. season. I got to do it now. No, he yeah. just goes, he wakes up on a Tuesday and goes, you know what? Today feels right. You know, you know, but let me say this before we go. Hey, I've gotten to know DJ Durkin a little bit since he's been here. DJ Durkin is a fine man. Okay. And his defense is struggling, but, but I really like DJ Durkin. I've never talked like to him, him a whole lot. Never once. I'll well, fully acknowledge it. Never once. Yeah. I like DJ. I'm pulling for DJ. I hope this defense plays well. Saturday. Cool. Blitz more. Blitz more. Yeah. Yeah. As we talked about yesterday, when Bo missed uh, defense send pressure on that two-point conversion. And it worked. Crazy. It worked. The inaccurate quarterback, who I love to death in KJ Jefferson and wish him nothing but the best luck moving forward. The inaccurate quarterback gets pressured and he throws inaccurately. A novel concept. Mm. Mm. Novel, novel concept. Uh, oh, one other yeah, thing. Yeah, learned something today. One other thing. I know what's going on with TTS, though. You do, too. But what's the explanation for the old Miss fan that wants to know? I mean, the easiest thing to say without getting into a whole bunch of gory details is, you know, we hear he's in the doghouse right now. Okay? Okay. So, yeah, that's 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 the way. Uh, that's the cleanest way to say that. <laughs> that's the cleanest way of putting it. You know, he's in the doghouse. Maybe he won't be in the doghouse Saturday night. Tisdale's a Tennessee guy. He's going back to his home state. Hopefully, he'll be on the field and have a big game. We'll uh, we'll let you know if we learn more later this week. Well said. See, that's why I love having David on this podcast, and I'm so thankful for David and Brad, man, for doing this. Because first of all, David, while Ben's being super overly emotional and getting too worked up, here comes David. Well, here's what we need to do. You're like Mister Rogers to my. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. You're like Mr. Yeah. Rogers to my God. What am I? The Tasmanian devil? I don't know. I don't know, but I'm thinking about getting a cardigan now. Um, that's cool. I don't know if you could pull off a cardigan. Fast. Don't know if you could pull off, pull off a cardigan. Oh, hell yeah. I can pull off a cardigan. Oh, are oh. you kidding me? I, 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 I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know a cardigan was a hot button issue for you there. I didn't know that was a trigger word I, for I am fat guy in a sweater vest. <laughs> you let the, you let it get 40, man. I'm in sweater vest. Oh man. Do you wear pants like when it gets? When would you start wearing pants? Uh, Below twenty. That's me too. Or church. Yeah, or church. Yeah. Below twenty or church. Yeah. Yeah, I have some pants. Um, Yeah, you know, I got some church pants, and uh, yeah, I got some. uh, I got some like like um, insulated camo pants. Uh, Got my camo for my cuss words. My camo and my cuss words. Yeah. 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 My dip. Uh, oh so, God! Uh, you, were, yeah. you got well, some, you got some waiters. Got you some waiters and a lift kit. And, and see, that's interesting. You asked me that because, um, man, yeah, I'm thinking to myself the other day. Actually, it was Sunday. We took Tori Kate to the park and uh, ran into Josh McCoy out there, who had his daughter Tanalee out there, and we were talking about, the, you know, we were just talking about stuff, and. Uh, so anyway, after Josh left to, to go chase down his kid, I went over there and took a seat. And I'm like, you know, I'm 50. Is it okay for a 50-year-old guy 
to just be wearing shorts all the time. <laughs> you know, because when I was a kid, you're 50, man. I mean, you got to have like, you know, your 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 khaki work pants yeah, on, yeah. three or four things attached. Well, to see, your belt, like these like days a, now, like it's Under Armour from head to toe when you hit 50. It's Under Armour yeah, college okay. shirt and Under Armour. That's, that's what I. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. That's, okay. Right. That's what I do. All right. I've got a whole new influx of, of Under Armour stuff. When do you get to the place where you start pulling your pants up to like your belly button? Is that the 80s? I think that's more about when your belly gets to that point, <laughs> you know, uh, more so than age. Because I've seen some some young big guys, they do that. I've seen a lot oh, of old people man. do that. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those deals. But anyway, I'm, I'm kind of in that midlife crisis where, you know, I dress like I'm 20. I, hell, I, th- I think like I'm 20. I really do. Well, see, I that's the secret. That's the secret to life. I'm 35. Now, because of life experience, my understanding or belief in things have changed. But as far as how I still think and act, <laughs> you couldn't tell the difference. You'd think I was 18. I was out there in Oxford looking for my mom a birthday present. This is the last thing we'll say because we got to get to John Gaddis. I was looking for my mom a birthday present. I was going to like Marshall's and all those those uh, stores that I have no knowledge of or know how to really shop period. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I'm in there and, and there's this nice older lady and she's standing there, she's doing her shopping with her friend and they're being funny and loud and obnoxious. And I go, excuse me, ma'am, could you tell me where I could find a shawl? I don't know what a shawl is, but my mom wanted one. <laughs> so I'm like, could you tell me this? She's like, honey, um, they're not, their shawls aren't out right now. Um, but wh- do you have a girlfriend? I went, ma'am, how old do you think I am? She went, Oh, you have to be what? <laughs> Sophomore, junior in college. I went, Oh, I love you to death. Thank you for that. No, I'm 35, married with two kids. She went, then ask your wife. I'm like, well, that would be easy if she wasn't teaching school, but I don't know what a shawl is. She went, well, that's what you need to do. You need to go here, 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 here. So point being, 18-year-old Ben had no clue what a shawl was. 35-year-old Ben has no clue what a shawl is. The, the thinking's pretty much the same. It's just I've lived on this earth long enough where things are a little different. Is it like a long scarf? Is that what a shawl is? That's kind of my understanding of it, Yeah. And see, I bought what yeah. I thought a shawl was, and it was a cardigan. Speaking, bringing it all back. Look at us, bringing it all back. It was a cardigan. Well, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I'm the guy that gets on Facebook looking at all the people I went to high school with, and go, "Holy crap, that dude looks old. Oh my god, look at her. She looks horrible." Because in my mind, I mean, I'm still 20 year old David. You know, and then Just you see yourself the operate on your walker. Coming out of the hospital with, then you look at yourself on the walk or coming out of the hospital with COVID and go, oh, wait a second. <laughs> hey, let me tell you something. I lost 52 pounds when I was in the hospital. I look good when I got a boy. Had a boy. Let me tell you. Had a boy. I did. Now I've, I've put a lot of it back on. Not the best <laughs> way to lose weight, though, David. I, I wouldn't encourage anyone else to go that path. But hey. yeah, I was on the COVID deathbed diet. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> oh anyway, my god, it what it is? Oh god. But, okay. Hey, this has been fun, man. I've really enjoyed this. Uh, parts of this. Parts uh, of this. Parts of it. Not. I don't know. Glad we could be kind of uplifting here at the end. Shout out to Jenny Moyer. Um, <laughs> right, is she gonna get shouted out for every podcast now? That's <laughs> kind of getting creepy now. But uh, anyway, I know Jenny listens every day, and uh, we we appreciate her. All right. It's been Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. If you haven't already, subscribe, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, 
leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Got John Gaddis coming up, Ole Miss transfer pitcher on the Modern Woman phone line. Before we jump to him, let's say bye to David. See you, buddy. Woohoo! See you soon. John Gaddis coming up right now. This is Talk of Champions. Let's hear from BNA Bank and Cheney's Pharmacy, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through, and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down. It's not close. So give Cheney's a call. 662-234-7221. Or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter, going now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to John Gaddis, Ole Miss baseball transfer pitcher. And this interview with John is brought to you by my bookie and Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. Where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And that's why I always tell people to put your money down at my bookie. The Arizona Cardinals have come out to a hot start. The Chiefs have as many losses as they did last year. And with all the overs hitting in the dying seconds of a game, there's never been a better time to get in on the action. Thankfully, my bookie's lock of the season has returned for the Las Vegas-Seattle NHL opening night game. And when either team scores in the game, you win. You heard that right. When the lamp lights red, you get the bread. Take the easy win, pat yourself on the back, and use your winnings toward your NFL picks for Week 6, which includes a battle between two potential Super Bowl contenders when the Cardinals meet the Browns. Don't miss out on winning season. Head to MyBookie and use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, and you'll get double your first deposit. That's promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, so you can double your funds to double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement or if you're ever actually going to be able to retire? Well, if so, give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. Thomas specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call at 662-296-0186. 
That's 662-296-0186 and start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. John, what's up, man? How you doing? How's it going? Good, man. How are you? How have things been going so far transitioning to your new school? Uh, good. I'm in one class right now that I actually just finished. Um, and so I don't start class again for two weeks. So I'm just pretty much playing baseball for two weeks. Oh, my God. That's the dream. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice out here doing these grad classes. It's a lot easier than undergrad, that's for sure. Yeah, it's like a job now. It's baseball and baseball and more baseball for you. Um, how has that opened things up as far as preparation and things like that? I know that school, you're a student athlete, blah, 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 blah. But how has it opened it up as far as preparing? Because now you're in that window, if you will, preparing for the draft and stuff like that. This is the final year. So being able to focus so much on baseball, how much of a change has that been? And how much has that helped as far as just preparing for the future? Um, it's actually made a bit of difference. I can like work on more stuff. I can get to the field earlier because I'm not doing as much homework or labs or whatever. Um, I can work on mobility. It's, it's actually made a huge difference, like probably helped my arm health, I should say, uh, as well. As far as your arm right now and kind of building it up, we're talking a week before this interview actually airs on the podcast. But as y'all are getting fall ball started, as you're working towards trying to earn a spot there in the weekend rotation, how is your arm feeling? And what's kind of the process to building it up to get it to where you want it to be in the fall? Um, it's going good. It feels good right now. They started us off whenever we first like started the semester, throwing one bullpen a week. And then after a few weeks, we started throwing two bullpens a week. And this uh, first week of fall, we threw everybody threw two innings. And now I think um, this upcoming week we're throwing two to three, depending on your pitch count. And I'm sure it'll just keep going up from there until eventually we get to the end of the fall and then you're built up already. Five and three, 2.25 ERA, 0.94 whip last year for Texas A&M Corpus Christi. You're deferring medical school to play one final season at Ole Miss. What all went into that decision for you? Um... I really want to play in Omaha before I get done with my college career. And I thought Ole Miss with all their returning hitters and the culture they have and the winning tradition can help me do that. For Ole Miss fans that maybe haven't seen you pitch, how would you kind of describe yourself as a pitcher, your repertoire and kind of the arsenal that you bring? I'm just a a left-handed pitcher with a fastball, a curveball, and a splitter. Um, I like to attack and get ahead ahead in the zone or ahead in the count. And then – um, have them guessing on that third pitch and then hopefully put them away. How have you grown, do you think, since you first started pitching in college to now this point of getting to Ole Miss and pursuing an Omaha trip? Um, I think I started out in college afraid of contact and afraid of getting hit and just having my confidence grow over the years and, and attacking the zone has, has changed my career in a huge way. Ole Miss returns so much, one of the best lineups in college baseball, if not the best lineup in college baseball as far as returning production. But losing Doug Nikhazy, losing Gunnar Hoagland, that's going to be the biggest story going into the year, not just in fall ball, but going into the season as well. Obviously, Ole Miss goes out, pursues you, um, Jack, just a number of different arms. Dylan Delucia is another one to kind of fill that role in some way. What was the recruiting pitch to you? Was it that? Kind of what was the recruitment like for you? Well, I talked to Coach Lafferty first. Uh, he, he's the one that initially recruited me. And then I hopped on a Zoom with Coach B, with Coach Clem, and all the rest of them. And uh, they just – they knew that – I because they had talked to my old coach, uh, Scott Malone, and they had told – or he had told them, hey, he wants to go play for one of the best teams in the country. He wants to go to make a trip to Omaha. 
And so that's what they brought up. They said, "Here, here's what we got. Here's why I know we're going to Omaha. Do you want to be a part of this? And I was immediately hooked. Yeah, that's a hell of a pitch right there. <laughs> Do you want to go to Omaha? Yes. But for you, were other schools involved? Did you consider really anybody else or was Ole Miss it for you? Well, I'd, I've been a UT fan or a University of Texas fan my whole life. Um, half my family went to school there. And so initially going into the transfer portal, that's where I like I really wanted to go there. They even answered the phone call I was going to commit. And uh, whenever, whenever Ole Miss came up and – I didn't even think about them until like they had called me and once they opened that door, it was hard to keep shut. And it felt like just the way they, they talked to me and, and were around me and stuff. It felt like a family already. And that's what I, what really drew me to them. Wow, man, you get the call you wanted. Was it the opportunity more than anything that really intrigued you as far as you see the opportunity to step in and have a role in the weekend? Um, I'm not sure it was that so much as just, the opportunity to come out and play for one of the best schools in the SEC to come out and play in front of 10,000 fans on a night. Um, it was more of that than just the openings for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I don't care. I don't care what role I play. I just want to do what I can to, to help this team succeed. Whether that's a starter, whether that's a reliever, whether that's sitting on the bench and watching and cheering on my teammates. Um, I just want to come in and do whatever role I can to help this team win. How much did you follow Ole Miss baseball and what was your kind of perception of Ole Miss baseball once they did enter the picture recruiting wise? I mean, it's hard not to notice them because you see, you see everything on social media. They're, they're a big name. Um, They historically win a lot. And so you obviously know about them, Um, but I hadn't like closely followed them. I didn't know any of the guys on the team until I started getting recruited. And then my old roommate at Corpus played summer ball with Taylor Broadway he hooked me up with him and he started talking to me and telling me all about how good Ole Miss was and how fun it was and how much I'd enjoy it. And so that helped also recruit me. So you talked to Taylor Broadway. Taylor was a big part of Ole Miss's success last year as a dominant closer. What were those conversations like? What all did he talk to you about? He just talked to me. Like he, he's the one that originally told me about all the guys that were coming back. He put me in contact with Garrett Wood and Jack Doherty, who are my roommates now. Um, got me into contact with Drew McDaniel, who's a good friend of mine, uh, and just just started opening doors that that I couldn't close. And now I'm here, and now I'm loving it. 64 innings, struck out 76, walked 18, allowed just four earned runs in your last 52.1 innings, and went at least seven in six of the last seven starts. What was working? I, my defense behind me. I think they 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 balled out. And we all bought in, and uh, they had my backs just as much as I had theirs. And I think that doesn't get brought up enough. Um, but they, they were they were nasty behind me, and they helped a lot. Well, that's a selfless answer, John. But I mean, a big part of it is how good you were. Come on. Uh, I was I was doing what I what I try to do always, and just attack the zone and get ahead of hitters. Because once once you're ahead of hitters, it's it makes it a lot harder on them because they're hitting defensively and they're not taking off huge hacks at your fastball and I think that changes the game are you one of those that pitch off the fastball um I like to attack with my fastball and then then mix in stuff later but I'll also pitch backwards once I get through the lineup once or twice um but I do like to attack with my fastball so far being with the team getting to know them going through fall ball what's the vibe right now the confidence level of this team 
Uh, me and Drew were actually talking about it last night, but I think I think our staff is not as talked about, or we're going to be better than a lot of people think, um, just because we can see it because we're with them every day. But I think our pitching staff is going to be better than, than most people realize. Does it help, too, to go up against that offense every single day? Without a doubt. Uh, that In the fall, it's scary going up against those guys day in and day out, but it's only making us better pitchers and a lot better pitchers, actually. The last two postseasons, Ole Miss has come one game short of making it to Omaha. How hungry, because you're brand new to this, so to come into it, to be around those veteran guys, those returning guys, how hungry do you sense this program is to get back to the College World Series? They're, they're, they're very hungry. You can, you can tell it left a bad taste in their mouth to be one game away um, from making it to, to the College World Series. Um, and so we're we're working hard every single day trying to get back to it and, and make it this year. What are your fall goals? What are you trying to accomplish? I'm just trying to work on work on command, make sure I still have that, um, try to increase my velo on all my pitches, and just stay healthy. Where's the fastball velo right now? Um, in the first inner squad, it was 89 to 91. It was averaged at 90.33 is what they said on the chart. Is that about where you're used to it being? Uh, yes, sir. I had spent most of the spring last year coming back from a surgery, and so I wasn't at my full full self, I guess I could say, until the last four or five starts. Well, last one, I'll let you go here. You were excited once Ole Miss entered the recruiting picture. Has Ole Miss been on campus, met, exceeded your expectations? It's exceeded every expectation I could have ever had. Um, just at the practices, the weights, the Friday morning team breakfasts, the Grove, um, hanging out with all the guys. It's, it's awesome. And you got to be itching, too, having seen Ole Miss pack out that stadium with 10,000 to get your first experience, right? I mean, you got to be itching to deal with that. Well, yeah, because I committed, I committed the Friday that the regional started last year, and that's when I really started watching the games, and I was like, oh, my God. That, <laughs> just seeing the beer showers and the pack stands, it's, I can't wait for the spring. He's Ole Miss transfer lefty John Gaddis. Thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate you. Look forward to covering you. Hey, thanks for having me. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.